0: If it's your first time at Connection, welcome. You've come on a great Sunday. As it's already been said, this is one of our baptism Sundays. We baptize every weekend, but this is just a time where we're making it very easy for people to respond. And so if it's your first time, we do want to say that we're glad you're here with a gift. Just stop by any of the welcome kiosks on your way out, and you can grab that you come in an exciting time so many good things are happening at connection i know this is a place where i've loved to sink my roots deeply and uh, many of us have just found god is working in a powerful way for example i want to show you a video of what happened first service watch this this is jennifer and she wants to give her life to christ or to be immersed and uh and so if you're thinking about it this is a great time to go ahead and respond jennifer i want to ask you in front of all these people do you believe that jesus is the christ the son of god and do you accept him as your lord and savior baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And yeah, another person who wants to be baptized, this is Peyton. Peyton, I'll ask you the same thing that I asked Jennifer, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Well Peyton's friend Hannah is going to help baptize her. so I' sit down. I' baptize you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know, maybe God brought you here today because that's something that he wants you to do. I was thinking a while back of three friends of mine who got baptized on the same day. We were all attending the same church together. And in that church, I don't know what the architect was thinking, but the baptistry in this place was enormous. I'm not exaggerating when I say you could swim laps in that baptistry. Not that we did. (laughs) It was huge. When you walked into the baptistry, you were about up to here, depending on how tall you were. You were like three-quarters baptized before you even (laughs) were immersed. And, and it was nice and warm, it was just a very pleasant, I don't know if it was a baptistry or a jacuzzi for Jesus, uh, this is what we had going on, it was just this enormous thing. So my three friends choose to be immersed, they say, you know, we're ready to go, Brian, will you baptize us? I'm like, yeah, let's do this. So it's January, icy cold outside, but I'm not worried because the water is always perfect and warm and clean. So I... I put on the hip boot waders, like the fishing boots that I would always wear because I don't want to get soaked, too. I get in the water. As I stepped into the water, something just didn't feel right. Like this a, electric surge went through my body, and I just I stepped on in. And then I realized what was going on as the, the girl behind me stepped into the water. She just made a little gasp, and I turned around and I see her turning white. And then the second girl stepped into the water, and she gasped so loud, everybody in the church heard it. And I'm like, so I stick my hand in the water, and oh my gosh, I had to like chip through ice to get into the water. It was so freezing cold, I don't know what happened. January outside, January in the water. When my friend Steve hit the water, he just screamed like a little baby. So just to picture us, it's me and the waiters, and I'm freezing, and then I'm looking at my three friends who are actually in the water, and they're turning blue, and they're chattering, and and I don't even know if they said, I confess Christ is Lord, or what they said, it's like, maybe get me out of the water, I don't know, I was thinking, you know, isn't this better than the alternative, though, right, better to be cold than hot, so... Oh, it was great. I was thinking then, too, uh, with that story, uh, something a friend of mine named Vic said at our parent church, Harvester Christian Church, a few years ago. He was in the second row waiting for someone to be baptized with his wife. And everybody was waiting. It was taking a little bit longer than normal. And there was a little boy with his mom in the front row waiting to watch this. And finally, the boy's just so, Vic said he was just so antsy. He finally said to mom, what's going on? How long is this going to take? What are they doing? And she was just, you know, parents, we have to have an answer. We just make stuff up right? So, she said, well, maybe they're heating the water up. And he said, they should just pee in it. That's what I do. It always works. (laughs) Clean and warm and pee-free, I promise. So, if you're thinking about that, you know, in the life of this church here at Connection and the Darden Prairie Church that came together with us, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people who have given their life to Christ and who have taken that step of being immersed into Christ uh, maybe that's your story. Maybe you're sitting here this morning saying, yeah, whether it was in the Hubble building or in somebody's swimming pool or, you know, we borrowed a church. You, you were baptized as a part of this church family, and you're remembering that right now. For some of you, you came to this church, and you already accepted Christ, and you were immersed, or maybe you just remember that experience of accepting Jesus. Maybe for some of you, your story is that you're sitting here this morning, and you're, you're thinking about it, or you're investigating, or you're at least open-minded and want to listen, which I applaud, and I want to tell you That's the point of connection. We're here to connect people to God and each other through Jesus. If you have people in your life who are not connected to God, or maybe have kind of run away from whatever their story is they're welcome here. You know that, right? You should be inviting people every Sunday, and I'll do my best to make them feel like they're welcome, and I'll teach the truth as I understand it, and people will love them. So, hey, if you're here, then that's your category. That's great. Everybody's welcome here. And some of you, maybe you're sitting here thinking, I've never done that. Maybe I should do that. I want to talk to you about that this morning. Baptism was really important to Jesus, and here's a couple of reasons why I know that. Number one, it's the Jesus himself was baptized. It's the first thing that he did when he started his public teaching and preaching ministry when he was 30 years old. Before he fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread, before he walked on water or raised anybody from the dead or preached these amazing sermons, before all of that, Jesus, the first thing he chose to do was to be baptized himself. And you may not even have known that he did that, but he did. Here's something else I know that makes it so important to Jesus— The very last thing that he said before he left earth and ascended to heaven was this. This is in Matthew 28, 19. Jesus' last words to his closest disciples. He said this. You can see this on the screen. He told them, you guys go make disciples of all the nations. And I'm going to stop for a second because disciples is kind of a word that you may think, I don't what does that really mean? It simply means student or teacher. So he's telling his students, I want you to go out and make more students of Jesus, of me. And here's what you do. When they decide, yes, I want to be an apprentice of Jesus, I want to be a follower of Jesus, go baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Final words of Jesus. Here's your job description. Go make students of me and baptize them. And so it's important to Jesus, and that's why it's important to us here at Connection. I've heard this expression before. Maybe you've heard it too. Have you ever heard this? A river is purest at its source. If you want the cleanest water, you go all the way up to the headwaters where the spring is that starts the river. And in the same way, as a church, that's one of the things that we take to heart. We feel like the Bible is the spring from which the church in Jesus. And so this is the place where we get our source for how we do things and why we do things. So if you ever wonder, why do we do what we do at Connection? And I'm not talking like air conditioning and chairs. I'm talking like the scriptural practices and what we teach. We go back and say, well, what did Jesus say? What did the early church do? We feel like that's the purest source you know, I'm not trying to say that 2,000 years of church history doesn't matter, but I really think that we're going to agree on a lot of things if we just say, let's just stand on this. So in the case of baptism, we do this because Jesus said to do it, and the early church actually did it. And that was the pattern of the early church. They immersed people in water, which is what baptism means. just means dunk somebody underwater. And we find when we read the Bible, and you just, like, if you didn't know anything about what it means to be a Christian— If you just started saying, I'm going to read Acts and see what it means to be a Christian, you will find that it looks like baptism was meant to be the first of many steps in following Jesus. Jesus, you know, somebody tells you about Jesus, you say, I want to follow him. Okay, you need to be baptized and then keep taking the next step. And that's what they did in the early church. So if you were to go ahead and go to Acts, you can do this if you want, Acts chapter 2. This is 10 days After Jesus told his disciples, go out into all the nations and baptize them. So 10 days later, it's 50 days after he died and rose from the dead. So it's a month and a half. Peter and the other apostles are in the city of Jerusalem. They are preaching a powerful sermon to a crowd of thousands of people. Just imagine this. Peter and the other apostles, a month and a half after Jesus died. And they get their finger in people's faces, figuratively speaking. And they're like, guess what, guys? That guy, Jesus, that you killed a month and a half ago, that was God's son. Way to go. And nobody tried to kill them. They were actually very convicted. It says in Acts 2.37, look at this. Peter's words pierced their hearts. They said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, and he's just basically quoting Jesus. Jesus said this ten days ago. I'm going to tell you. You've got to repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now go down to verse 41. And this is, tells what the people did. Those who believed what Peter said were what? It's your part. Those who believed Peter were what? Baptized and added to the church that day. How many? Three thousands of people did what Jesus said. That was the, that's day one of the church. Jesus said, if you want to be my followers... Believe in me, Peter said, repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized. They did that. If you were to go further into Acts, to Acts chapter 8, we see another person coming to accept Jesus. He's a high-ranking official in the Ethiopian government. We call him the Ethiopian eunuch. And a guy named Philip the Evangelist told him about Jesus. And it says in Acts 8.36, read this along with me. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water, why can't I be baptized? And so that's what they did. So if you were to go through Acts and just keep tally, there are nine fully fleshed out conversion accounts. There's over a dozen of different groups of people or people accepting Jesus. And every one of them, there's a consistent pattern. A person receives Jesus, and then they end with the response of baptism. Just over and over and over you see this. And maybe you're thinking about that. Maybe you're thinking, I need to do this, or I've been considering it, or you're talking about it, so now I'm thinking about it and you'd want to be baptized, and we'll baptize anybody anytime, 24-7, 365. The, the baptistry is always ready. We're just emphasizing it today and next weekend to make it easy for you, so if you've been thinking about it, we're inviting you. We're enabling you. We're kind of prompting you. Come on. You need to talk to Jesus about this, and if he wants you to do it, we'll help you do it. We'll make it easy, And but maybe you are thinking, well, should I do this? Well, let me talk to, to you about that a little bit today, and if you want to take your Bible, you can go to Matthew chapter 3, and I want to go back to Jesus, and I want to go back with a question. If we're talking about baptism, and I said it's important to Jesus, and more if he did it, then I guess my question would be, why was Jesus baptized? You ever thought about that? I kind of get why I need to be baptized, but why was Jesus baptized? If you're thinking that, you're not the only one. Even John the Baptist, the guy who baptized Jesus, was like, why? Are you? he asked that question. We're going to read this right now, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. We must fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize him. I don't know if you can put yourself in John the Baptist's shoes or sandals, but just think about what that might have been like. You've been on a mission from God to tell people to get their lives right because God is coming. And John stood in the desert, and he would just preach powerful sermons. People would come from all over, like thousands of people, would come out into the desert to hear John preach. They come to the the river to be baptized by him. They were repenting; they were getting their life right with God because God is coming. And he keeps saying that, and he's going like, "You need to repent. You 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 need to repent." Jesus, what? I think you're in the wrong line, Jesus. <laughs> I need to repent and you need to baptize me. What what are you doing here, Jesus? He's like shocked. I need this a lot more than you do. So thinking about that, why was Jesus baptized? I think there's three reasons that are very powerful. If you've got a worship folder, you can take that out and write these down. Think about them. For one thing, I think his baptism marked a turning point in his life. It was up to this point, Jesus is 30 years old now. He's been Jesus the carpenter. Jesus, the son of Joseph the carpenter, he swung a hammer for a living. He made stuff for people. He took a lunchbox to work. He went to QT and got two hot dogs and a soda. Um, You know, he was just a blue-collar guy, great guy, working a job. But now, at 30 years old, he's marking a change in his life. He's no longer going to be Jesus the carpenter. He's going to be Jesus the rabbi, Jesus the good teacher. And this baptism signifies that. And for you and me, our baptism marks a turning point for us as well. We're turning from an old life, and we're turning to a new life with God's help. And here's the thing. We're not like Jesus in this sense. Man, we are sinners, every one of us. Jesus knew that. Like, there's another time when he was preaching in Luke 5.32. He said, I've come not to call those who think they're righteous. Like, I'm okay. I don't need any help. He said, I've come to call those who know that they're sinners and need to repent. That's why I'm here. I'm here for you. If you're a sinner, I'm here for you. Come to me. And then there was, a, in Acts, again, there's a great sermon being preached. And the preacher said this, here's what you need to do. You need to repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins can be wiped away. Sounds like an awesome thing. All the things that you've done in your life that you hate and regret and wish it hadn't happened, that can be wiped away. If we didn't need to make some changes in our lives, Jesus wouldn't have come, Right? reminds me of like a lady who signed up for a yoga class and her instructor sent her some things to prepare for the class and one of the things the instructor said was be sure to wear some loose fitting clothing and the lady replied and she said look if i had loose fitting clothing i wouldn't need this class right <laughs> <laughs> baptism's a turning point we're turning away from one life and we're embracing a new life we're turning from our life of just self-centeredness and returning to god and in repentance I was reading one woman's story of faith and she was saying you know I've, I've been a christian my whole life i grew up in church my parents raised me in god but then, then she said and she felt sad about this she said but i can't remember when i gave my life to jesus she, her church tradition didn't practice baptism she had no memory of ever saying yes to i i'm sure she did i'm not questioning whether she's a christian or not i'm just saying i don't think that's what god intended i think that his intention if I could read into what he's saying here, is I want to give you something beautiful that can mark a, a date in time that says, I turn from one part of my life to my new life that God wants for me. And that's what Jesus was doing. He's marking a turning point in his life, and that's what we can do. And I'm going to go in a new direction. And here's another thing that I think marks out why Jesus was baptized, maybe why we should be baptized. His baptism was a public commitment to God. Much in the same way those of you who are married or maybe you think you might want to be married someday— you know, your wedding marks a public commitment. We had a wedding here last weekend. It was the first wedding in the new, newly renovated and constructed building. And two people stood in the front of their friends and family and said, I'm committing to this person for the rest of my life. You ever think about the wedding ceremony? Like, I remember one that I did. The, the folks who came to me said, we literally want you to do the shortest wedding you've ever done. We want you to just, we just want to stand up and say we're married and be done. And I said, well, if you want me to be involved in it, it has to be a little longer than that because I'm a Christian minister. I want there to be prayer and scripture. And you obviously got to have the vows. I said, okay, let's see what you can do. And I thought, challenge accepted. Let's see how fast we can do a wedding. Brought that thing in under three minutes. And you're sitting here wondering, why did my wedding last three years? I've been to some weddings that feel like they're still going on. You want the honest answer why they take so long? you got to make sure the father of the bride feels like he's getting his money's worth. That's it right there in a nutshell. So when you, when you say, I want to commit to Jesus, your baptism is like a wedding ceremony. It's, it's a very public thing saying, I'm all in, literally. I love this, too. If you go back to Matthew's account of Jesus' baptism, I love how it just, authors do this all the time, by the way. It says, casually, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by, by John. It takes that long to read it. Do you know how long that walk was? It's not like from the refrigerator to the couch. That's a walk of 60 miles. It takes this long to read it. It takes like this long to do it. Jesus didn't just get up one morning and go, you know, I'm thinking I might get baptized today. I'm not doing anything else. This was a deliberately thought-out thing for him. He was very intentional about showing his commitment to God. And we see that, that God the Father approved of what Jesus did. And when you see what happened next, look at verse 16. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water the heavens were opened he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove settling on him and a voice from heaven said this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy you know and whenever a christian a person who believes in jesus and is ready to go all in you get dunked in the jordan river you can get dunked in an ice cold baptistry or our nicely warmed baptistry or a swimming pool a creek anywhere you choose What you're doing is you're saying before God and everyone else in a very public way, this is my new life, and I'm not ashamed to say Jesus is my Lord, and here we go. God comes first in my life now. And I'm telling you, this is a personal decision that only you can make. It's between you and Jesus. It's your choice on your own prerogative. So Jesus' baptism, it marks a turning point. It illustrates his commitment to God. And then there's another thing here. Why did Jesus say he wanted to be baptized? You go back to verse 15, you find the answer. He told John, like, this is why we're going to do this. Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Another translation says, we want to do this to fulfill all righteousness. I, I would just simply put it this way Jesus' baptism was the right thing to do. You can write that down if you want. And how do we know that it was good for Jesus to be baptized? Look what happened. I don't know if you've recognized this or not. Maybe you've heard this before. This is one of those instances in the real world. 2,000 years ago, all three members of the Trinity were visibly present at the same time or physically present in a way that we could sense. God the Father spoke from heaven. This is my son. I love him. I'm proud of him. God the Son, Jesus, is literally standing in the Jordan River dripping wet. God the Holy Spirit descends like a dove from heaven there they are, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit in one picture, and God the Father is saying, this was a good thing to do, this is my Son, I love Him, and maybe for you, baptism is the right thing for you to do. Now, I've got just a little bit of time left, I just want to go through, and because when I talk to people about baptism, I often find that people have questions, and and feel like maybe I need to know more before I do this, so I'm Let's just have a little class here. And let me just go through some of the most common questions people have. And maybe this is one of the things you've wondered about. I know before I was baptized, I had a lot of questions. So maybe this will be helpful to you. One of the things I get asked a lot is, like, when should I be baptized? When in the process? I want to just, as we say before, river's purest at its source. Let's figure out what the early church did. If you go to Acts chapter 8, verse 13, there's a man named Simon who became a Christian. It says, Simon himself believed and was baptized. Do you see the progression there? First, he believes in Jesus, and then he's been baptized in water. And there's another example in Acts chapter 18, verse 8. It says, Crispus, he's the Jewish leader of the synagogue, and everyone in his household believed in the Lord. Many others in Corinth also heard Paul, became believers, and were baptized. Again, what's the pattern here? First, they believe in Jesus, and then they are immersed in the water. Consistently, over and over. You can go through and read Acts, and you don't have to take my word for it. I'd rather that you did read it for yourself and see what you find there. They believe in God. They put their trust in Jesus. They express their belief in Jesus by doing the first thing that he told them to do, be baptized. And it's the pattern. It's like when a couple gets married. And maybe you can remember this too. Standing before the person you love, choking out those words, till death do us part. There's a commitment there. So if it's, But remember the order of your wedding or the weddings you've been to? First the vows then the rings. First the commitment, then the symbol of your commitment. That's the, that's the progression that God had in mind here. So then another question people often have is, how soon after I make the commitment to Jesus should I be baptized? Should I wait a while? In the New Testament, the pattern was they just kind of did it immediately, which runs contrary to what we often think. Like, a lot of times maybe people think, well, I don't know enough to be baptized. I'm not sure that I, maybe I should learn some more first. I think like if you know enough to commit to Jesus, you know enough to be immersed. They didn't know a whole lot. They just knew this is the best thing that's ever been offered to me. I'm going to do this. And you might be thinking, well, I got to kind of get my act together because I'm not sure I should go into that water because I may not come back up. That's like saying I need to take a shower so I can take a shower. It's like saying I need to get myself patched up so I can go to the ER. It's like what Scott was saying. Do you realize that that God is trying to do this for you, and all he's asking you is to humbly submit to him, ask for his help, and then he'll do all the heavy lifting. He already knows what you're like. He's just saying, come on, let me help you. So maybe for you, there was a point in your life you committed to Jesus on your own volition. It was your own choice, and you said yes to Jesus, but maybe you just didn't know you should be immersed maybe you put it off and thought i need to do this later and now it's been five months five years 50 years so should should i do it now and I'm, like when you know you should do something that's the time to do it bottom line if jesus is telling you right now maybe jesus brought you here today because he's telling you he wants you to do this that's between you and him i'm just here to tell you what i see him saying to us the time is like now and we're ready you know some people will ask the question why do we encourage people to be immersed under the water what's that all about? Which is another good question because I understand a lot of churches practice baptism differently. Some churches sprinkle and some churches pour water. A lot of times that's in churches where it's a little baby or a little child because that would be cruel maybe to immerse them underwater. Though I know there are churches who do totally immerse babies when they baptize them. So the question is, like, why do you do this? And there's a good answer to that and I'm glad people ask that and it is, we do that or wherever there's enough water to put somebody underwater because that's what they did in the Bible. Like, when Jesus was baptized, did you notice that it says he came up out of the water? That's the practice of the early church. They took people to where there was enough water to go under the water. And, um, you know, some churches, they'll go, like, okay, so we, we're kind of like, well, we, we think that through church history, we think maybe it's okay to just sprinkle. Some churches do, like, what we do. They immerse. There are a lot of them that do that. Um, some churches, actually, I've seen the extreme over here. They don't baptize you once. They take you under three times. Father, Son, holy spirit i guess this is cool we don't do that we just immerse you once we do hold you under till you bubble but uh, we'll bring you back up i'm just kidding so here's here's why we immerse it's literally what jesus did it's literally what jesus commanded you raise your hand if you want to. I'll applaud you. If you know Greek, good for you. The original New Testament of the Bible was written in Greek. If you know Greek, you could go take a Greek New Testament with the original manuscripts and go, oh, that's what that says. Most of us can't. But if you did that, there's some words you would recognize because some of our English words come from Greek and this baptism word is one of them. It's literally the Greek word. If you said baptism 2,000 years ago, somebody would know what you meant. They'd go, oh, put something underwater. That's literally what the word means, like sink something like a ship. There's a recipe we found, it's like 2,500 years old, and it's for making pickles. And it says you take a cucumber and you baptizo it under salt water. That's literally what it means. Just put something under water. That's literally why we baptize people the way we do, because that's what it says put them under water. And um, so that's, and we bring them up out of the water. That's the biblical pattern, and it helps you make so much sense of other things in the Bible, like in Romans 6, where the Apostle Paul's teaching Christians, and he's reminding them of their baptism, and he says, you guys remember when you were baptized, you reenacted the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, how could that be? Well, picture it. When you go under the water, you're being buried, and while you're under the water, I mean, you're not dead, but you can't breathe, or you shouldn't. But when you come back out out of the water it's like a resurrection and you can breathe again and it's like a new life now when you're baptized there's nothing physical that changes with your body there's nothing a lot of people don't feel anything some people really do that's okay either way it's what god does inside of you and inside your spirit that matters and you're reenacting death burial and resurrection of jesus in your own life so it's just a beautiful picture that god has given us which then leads to another question because other churches do this like should i have my baby baptized then because this sounds pretty important And the the simple answer we've come up to here at Connection is we don't baptize babies or little ones who are too young to commit to Jesus themselves because in the Bible we only see people who are old enough to make their choice for themselves committing to Jesus through baptism. So that's what we do. I'm not throwing shade on your church if you were baptized as a baby. I'm not trying to disrespect your parents. My parents had me sprinkled when I was very little because we weren't really churchgoers at that time much. But when we were, I was... I don't know, you know, I, was, I don't know how old I was, but not old enough to understand what was going on. All I remember of my sprinkling baptism was my parents saying to me, do not laugh. When you're me, Brian Fakes, and you're a little boy, that's the worst thing they could have done. So I'm standing up there, and the, the priest or the pastor minister, I don't know what they called him, He had the little white thing, though, so that kind of narrows it down, the black and the white collar. But anyway, he he sprinkled me with water. That water hit my forehead. To a four- or five-year-old kid, that is the funniest thing in the world. And the fact that my parents had told me not to laugh had already put it in my mind. I snickered. The floors were hardwood. The pews were hardwood. The walls and the ceiling were all hardwood. It echoed for like 25 seconds. It was horrible. That's the only thing I remember about my sprinkling baptism. Later in my life, as I knew more about Jesus, I chose by my own choice to be immersed as he commanded. But I don't disrespect my parents. I thank God that my parents put me on a pathway to learn about Jesus, and I respect them. And I respect your parents, and I respect your home church. And God bless them for putting you on a path where you can come closer to God. And here's my, my job. I I can't tell you to do what somebody else did or tell you to do what somebody's pastor told them to do. I have to look Jesus in the eye someday and tell him, what I did. And I just feel like I'm on safest ground when I tell people to do what Jesus said to do. So, and you're going to have to look Jesus in the eye. And so if Jesus is talking to you about this, maybe just think about it. And just, you know, if if this is something that God wants you to do, Jesus is asking you to do, just respond. So what we're doing today is we're offering you a chance to respond before you leave the building to be baptized into Jesus. There's not a greater symbol, there's not a greater act of obedience that you can take than to say, Jesus told me to do this, I'm going to do it. And you can illustrate your faith to the other people around you, And be immersed in water. It's the first step of obedience. For some of you, maybe it's another step of obedience because you've been obeying Jesus for a long time. You know, if you've received Jesus or if you're ready to do that, we're ready for you. So here's what we're gonna do. In just about a couple of minutes, we're gonna start a song. There's gonna be some music playing. I'm going to walk over there. And if you're ready to do this, you just walk over there and tell me, I'm in, I'm good, let's go. We've got things ready for you. Jesus himself said, if you you acknowledge me before people, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. So And you're not going to be alone. You're surrounded by friends and people who love you here. We've got everything you need over there. You say, well, I'm not really ready for this. I didn't come to church planning to be baptized. Well,
1: we're ready. We've
0: got T-shirts that are modest. We've got towels. We've got warm water that's clean. We've got people who will assist you and answer any other questions you've got. We've got trash bags for your car if you want to just be baptized in the clothes that you're in right now so you won't ruin anything. And really... There's no reason why you can't do this today. You might be thinking, well, I want to wait till next weekend because we are doing this next weekend. I want to get some more people here to see it. That's great. But don't put it off. Like, we're ready. And some of you might be thinking, but man, I took a lot of time getting ready today. My hair is on point. And some of you women might be thinking that too. So uh, that's just pride. It's just pride saying, come on, just put this off. You might be thinking, I don't know. If I go over there and be baptized, like, there are people are going to think, like, what kind of a sinner are they? Have you looked at who you're sitting around? <laughs> you're like surrounded by sinners. There's not a one of us who feel like we deserve to be here. We're all here by the grace of Jesus and his invitation. And if this is something you need to do, you can do this today. You may not have planned on doing it, but maybe God had this date circled on his calendar long ago. So, you know, I don't know what you're thinking. Maybe you're thinking like, well, I don't know if I want to be a member of this church it's okay. Maybe we don't want you to be a member either. I'm not asking you to be a member of the church. I'm just asking you to obey Jesus, just to do what he said to do. And maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for years and you've never had the opportunity to do this. This is your time. You know, Jesus left heaven to come sacrifice himself for us. He walked 60 miles to be immersed. I'm just asking you to walk a few feet. Would you, uh, would you stand right now? And if you're thinking about doing something, you, You just come over there. I will meet you there. And I will tell you this, too. If you're an immersed believer and you've been thinking about placing membership here, you can do that, too. Just walk over there and just say, hey, I'm already immersed, but I want to be a part of what's going on here. There are elders and other people who will be over here to talk to you, and we're ready. So you just come on over. This is Cameron, and Cameron has come to be immersed into Jesus Christ. Cameron, I just want to ask you for everybody else so they know your faith. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? And do you accept him as your Lord and Savior? I do. Amen. Well, we'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is John, and John has also come as a Christian who says, I've just been putting this off, and to do this. So, John, I just, for everybody else to hear, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Yes. will we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Anyone else? The water's still good. Let's have our closing benediction. Would you pray with me? Father, your love is overwhelming. Jesus, your sacrifice is more than we could have ever done for ourselves. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we are thankful for the peace and guidance you give us. I pray for all those who have obeyed you today that you will continue to grow them in their faith. I pray for this church to continue to be that place that's just open to anyone who's ready to move towards you, Father. Please continue to bless us. Bless us as we go out today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a great day.